with sound. All right. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Watch With Sound. My name is Josh Landicho, and with me is... Carmela Ocampo. And on today's episode, we'll be doing the new film, Titan. Directed by Julia Ducarneau, starring Agathe Roussel, Vincent Linden, Garance Marillier, and Laïs Salamé. So, Josh... <laughs> What are your expectations and preconceived notions slash context of this film? Like, what kind of, like, state of mind um, were you, like, walking into it? Did you have any, like, high or low or any expectations, like, after seeing the trailer or anything? Why, thanks for asking, Carmela. You're um, so welcome. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, pretty much all the context and all that was mainly coming from you. I've never heard this film until you kind of told me about it. It won the Palme d'Or. Um, I think the last film that won that was Parasite, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of excited, kind of um, kind of had my guard up a little bit just because like, I don't want things like that, like awards and stuff like that, for me to like get hyped up about and just me being essentially disappointed, kind of. Um, but apart from that, you also told me it's like a body horror so I was like, okay, <laughs> like I was kind of like expecting myself to like cringe a lot and like s- like cover my eyes and stuff like that. Um, and I was just like, okay, this, this should be fun because I feel like we haven't had this sort of like a body horror in a minute. Um, and for the most part, we kind of do enjoy body horrors. I think we enjoy any horror movie, but um, body horror is a, a section that we kind of like to dive deep into sometimes. Um but other than that, I was just like, All right, let's see what's going to happen with this. I haven't watched any trailers or anything. I didn't read anything about it. I just came here, came into this movie super duper blind. Um, so I was just like kind of ready and, and just willing to see what's going to happen in this film. Um, and I, I was kind of excited. I like things like Palm Door don't get mentioned a lot in mainstream media or at least Western culture. So I think when I hear something like that, it's definitely a different experience apart from watching the usual movies that like are critically acclaimed and stuff like that in in america for the most part um but yeah i was was pretty excited how about you carmela how did you feel before watching the film what did you what did you feel i knew you i feel like you're the one that knew most about it so i want to know like if you had a certain feeling you had or like if the palm door award really pushed you towards this film yeah i think i was like pretty hyped for this movie because like singularly knowing that it won palm d'or for like anyone who doesn't know why that that's very significant it's basically the highest like cinematic award you could receive um so it's like it's like more important than getting like best picture at the oscars because it's at an international festival um so yeah just like having that like context made me very much hyped for this movie i and like the fact that it was a body horror that won this award intrigued me more too because i was like a horror movie won this award that's crazy um and we'll like definitely dig into later why we think it won this award after seeing it um but yeah i was very much excited um very hyped and i i honestly in hindsight wish i saw this director's previous movie raw because I feel like I would have had 
better a better like understanding and like context of the types of movies she likes to make and like the subject matter and I feel like I would have probably appreciated everything more during my viewing of Titan but um nonetheless like I think I'll still like obviously check out um her movie Raw which also won like a bunch of awards back when it came out um but yeah I yeah I was just all in all, I was just very excited for this movie. What festival is that that you could win the Palme d'Or? I forgot what it was called it, and where it was located. It's in France. It's the Cannes Film Festival. Oh, okay. So just to give a little context for everyone, French film. <laughs> um, but I guess with that, um, we could finally get into the film. Um, so here's your warning right now. This is going to be spoiler filled. If you haven't watched this film yet, it's fairly new. Um, I don't think it's in theaters anymore currently. Um if you want to watch it you should watch it come back to the episode listen to us if you want to spoil it for yourself for the reason go ahead of course um but with that this is your warning so carmella do you want to give a little plot summary of the film titan following a series of unexplained crimes a father is reunited with his son who has been missing for 10 years titan a metal highly resistant to heat and corrosion with high tensile strength alloys whoa high tensile strength <laughs> so i guess we'll we'll just get it we'll probably get into like why the synopsis is very interesting um but before we get into that uh carmela what's your opinion your general impressions your takeaways and your overall feeling with this film after watching it i i think this is probably the most violent and weirdest yet somehow tender movie i've ever seen i don't know how she the director managed to like combine all of those things in one movie but she did um yeah and i think my initial reaction after the theater was just a big sigh of relief because of how tense the experience of watching the entire movie was um but i think overall i i've never seen a movie like this it is completely original it is like i don't think i'll ever see a movie like this ever again not in the sense where i will choose to avoid movies like this but in a sense where i don't think a movie like this will ever be made again kind of thing it's one of a kind um i enjoyed it for sure um but i know why a lot of people won't and it's not for everyone for sure um yeah and like i will obviously get more in detail about like what actually happens in the movie but yeah what did what is your initial takeaway slash reaction for this movie josh um so my uh my general impression and my reaction like my reaction right after the film i was just so <laughs> i was kind of like grossed out but at the same time like my like my honestly my first reaction after the like when the credits started rolling i was like that was actually pretty dope i was like so <laughs> i was so happy with this film like it was just so sick um sick in both like literal and figuratively yeah. um and it's yeah like you said it's very unique i think someone like julia is the only person that could probably pull this off um just seeing her history with body horror and stuff like that but not to mention too like this film did the most craziest like mood turn slash pace turn slash story turn 
and I feel like it was just executed so well in that way. Um, it be like it first started beat like as this like kind of slasher murder, weird fascination with metal film, and then drastically turned left into this um, almost like Among Us kind of like trying to keep your identity, but try to keep your identity safe with someone who may or may not know who you actually are, and it becomes this tense. It it, it like the movie did have a tense feeling throughout. But the f- second half really changed that tense feeling into something different from apart from like it being this murder slasher movie. It became this like tense, like, oh, my God, is he going to find out? It's very dramatic. It's very suspenseful. Um, but then towards the end and just towards uh, parts of the film, it became very, very much like a tender and caring movie for these essentially two broken people. And the way that was sort of executed and explained and exhibited was just so fantastic. Because I am obviously very, very surprised by it. Um, and and totally, totally, like, was not expecting that sort of shift. Nor was I expecting this kind of movie, honestly. Um, but, yeah, it's just crazy to see that sort of shift. And, and how it was executed, I think it was really well. And like you said, too, like, honestly, this movie is not for everyone. Um I think that sort of the body horror and the the gore and the blood and the visceralness of this film would essentially turn a lot of people off. I totally get it. Like when we watched Neon Demon, <laughs> all the people left except for us. And even that at that point, I kind I kind of want to leave too. But like at the same time, I want to finish it. It's just like I understand it. You know, like people have weak stomachs and even normal stomachs. Like I think it's really hard to to watch this film. And I totally understand that. And I think. Um, even though that may deter people, I know that like the people that do stay, I hope they do like it as well and they do experience something that we saw as well. Um, but yeah, it was just such an interesting film. It was just so cool to see. And um, I also too want to watch her previous film because like, I think that film also got a lot of critical acclaim as well along with this one. Um, but yeah, how do you feel about a female director having this power over horror, over body horror, <laughs> over this blood and gore and this unique taste and this unique vision for what she's doing. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I like <laughs> I like that power over horror. <laughs> um, yeah, I think she's definitely like, it's. she's been obviously around since whenever Raw was made, like 2016 or something. So it's not like she's like, oh, one to watch kind of thing. But yeah, it's certainly, I don't even think she's concerned with making any groundbreaking shifts in the horror genre she literally just wants to make whatever movie she wants to make and it just so happens she's like interested in like you know the flesh and body and like violence and death and like um yeah I was reading like what's it called a little bit about her and it turns out this like fascination with like the flesh and body stems from her actual like upbringing with two doctors as parents which i thought was interesting because in this movie the girl's dad is a doctor and i'm like is this like a projection of some kind i don't know um anyways yeah and she just like explained um that because like their her parents like sort of blunt and like distant way of like talking about bodies and death and like that type of casualness kind of like informed like her type of artistic expression and 
it totally makes sense now. Like, I wish I knew, I, I kind of wish I knew this beforehand, but it's, it all like kind of makes sense to me now why um, we saw what we saw. Um, and it's just such an interesting blend of like all of these things, you know, like, but like it's things we're familiar with in horror already, like, you know, violence and eroticism and like sexuality. But I think she just executed it in a way that was very unique. Um, and I think she told a story that was very unique, especially with that story slash plot shift in the middle. Um, and she managed to make it like kind of very emotional at the same time. So, yeah. Yeah. It's cool that like that sort of, uh, the outbringing with two doctors as parents has kind of influenced her to have this like view of body horror and view of horror too. I wonder how her parents feel like knowing she makes these kind of films, but it's just funny like, that good. Like, they love it. <laughs> oh yeah, good job! You really displayed, you know, pregnancy in a really fantastic way. Really, really accurate, accurate looking body. Yeah. Like. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just a crazy film, and and I did cringe a lot. It was very hard to watch sometimes. I was very much like, oh, oh no. <laughs> You're- yeah you're like both of your hands were like in front like half of your face the whole time yeah <laughs> i had like one leg up like yeah for more protection for some reason like it was very much that 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 way of um watching and i guess we'll just get into like i guess the first half of this this woman being an uh a dancer i'm not sure if you could classify as exotic dancing i'm not exactly sure what it is um but like she's this dancer and then like of course you have the creepers and the weird people that try to hit on her or try to get her autograph or try to do something with her or try to make their way essentially and um it's it, that's where it sort of opens up for uh the first murder which is some guy that's like oh we could be friends we could do this we could do that maybe something will happen blah 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 and that weird creeper status of like oh maybe we could date because i did this for you uh, the weird stuff <laughs> the weird creepy stuff that that men do a lot of the times and um it was just so interesting because like you're kind of confused because he starts making out with them and then all of a sudden stabs him in the ear and he like starts to convulse and die and then um it's funny too because after that part she gets she takes a shower and there's a loud banging and i don't know what this movie's about so i like my first thought is like a monster car or like so car that's alive um (laughs) so when that first banging on the door i was like oh shit what's gonna happen and like I thought the someone was in the car, the the car was alive by itself and like the movie's in a circular around this car, but then all of a sudden like she starts having sex with the car. I was like, Whoa, uh <laughs> weird, okay. That's it <laughs> Did not expect that to happen. Um and then like yeah, it just sort of escalates from there. She is somehow pregnant by the car. <laughs> um she continues her murder streak. Um and funny enough, the girl from Raw is in it. Um, and you could kind of guess that she has like this world, me- uh, this weird metal fascination. She starts to like bite at this girl's nipple piercing, which I had to cringe at as well. Dude. Cause I'm just like, no, stop it, please. I was like, yo, stop it, please. <laughs> I don't want to look at this anymore. Um, and then she essentially just murders everyone in the house. I guess all the people in the house are just having sex or like having partners over. Um, and then she lights the house on fire that she lives in because I guess her dad saw her or whatever. I'm pretty sure her dad knew that she was a murderer beforehand. Um, but while she's burning the clothes, she realizes like the, the building's on fire too. And she just decides, you know what, fuck it. 
you die too. <laughs> and um, that happens. And essentially what happens after that is she runs away and then it becomes, she runs away and then finds out a way to disguise herself as uh, someone's missing son. But before we go on to that second part, Carmela, do you have anything you want to say about the first part? Any notes you want to say? Any highlights or anything like that? How did you feel about this first half of this film? Um, I also just want to add on to this first half. You forgot the very beginning where it opens up with her accident. Um, so the movie starts. Um, oh yeah, sorry, that's a very vital. Part no, it's of okay. I totally yeah. forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> so just before everything. Um, the movie actually opens with a shot of the interior of like a car and its engine and it's like pans out and it reveals this car driving on the freeway and it's the dad, the girl's dad and her as a little girl and she's like being annoying in the backseat and she's like kicking at his seat, um, just like picking on him basically. And then he gets upset, loses control of the car and it smashes to a bridge her head smashes onto the side of the car and then the next scene you see her getting this like basically a titanium plate implanted into like her like skull i guess or to maybe her i think her skull a part of her skull broke and i think it's there to support it um but basically yeah she like gets surgery has this titanium plate in her head she has a gnarly scar on the side of like her ear um but then like afterwards she like runs out of the hospital and then she like gives the car a little kiss and a hug <laughs> and she like completely ignores her parents and goes straight to the car and you're like interesting <laughs> okay um and then basically everything josh describes happens so we you know find out she has mechanophilia or whatever she i just like never thought i'd watch someone have sex with a car so <laughs> just in general in my the life first for everything you know everything happens <laughs> you know for a I, i'm not i didn't walk into the movie thinking that would be something i'd see but it, it happened and i was like this is really happening and this is really long <laughs> and uh, it's why it's funny that like my first thoughts like it's a monster car like out of everything like, yeah i mean it's you a car that could drive itself <laughs> never like oh she's gonna have sex with it you know like, that never came to my head like well, i it never thought really shouldn't have um but yeah it was like this very erotic like scene and then she like just goes on like just very apathetically like and mindlessly randomly killing people she kind of it's like totally unplanned and it like was just so interesting because it um reminded me i don't know if you've seen a clockwork orange have you i have not no i have literally only seen the opening of that movie because i personally couldn't handle the violence back when i was in high school trying to watch this very violent movie but from what i remember it reminded me of the opening like it's just like a group of these like group of guys like just randomly killing like and like tormenting this couple in a house and that's kind of that was kind of what was reflected with like this first half of the movie she just like randomly just started killing these people with no no intent no like real goal or anything it was just to kill um 
And then with her parents too, like you said, it was just like completely unplanned, but she was like, yeah, whatever, I guess. Um, and yeah, it's just very interesting, a very interesting sense that like it paints this picture of the character in the beginning. You're like, all right, so she's really into cars. <laughs> she's pregnant with the cars baby probably. <laughs> and she's a serial killer and she doesn't care about anything other than whatever um and she's willing to do anything it's interesting that like that's sort of part of her character development and sort of what we understood about her is that like the fact that she's this big serial killer just kills randomly and kills like with no sympathy we sort of get like how she is emotionally how she is like as a person and you know how she's living her life day by day just killing people like this and having no disregard for anything it's interesting how that like helps us understand and play into her character development, I think. Exactly. So yeah, at this point, uh, she has successfully banged her nose against the side of a sink enough to basically disfigure her face enough to not be recognizable um, from like police who are chasing her at this point. And it's, that part's so interesting because it's <laughs> not necessarily like gory or necessarily it's like- just. It's just so like oh like it, the visceralness of it is what exactly really gets to me. like just seeing it just seeing this process happen and then also having that existential feeling of like how it felt if we were to do that to ourselves or like if we're in that position how would we feel like ooh the actor did I think the actor did a really good job of like portraying that and also totally. just the director as well portraying that totally one hundred percent and like I just want to like go on a tangent here like a side thought like when I went into this hearing that it was a quote-unquote body horror I definitely had a different idea of what body horror is like I think I'm more familiar with the sub like the the part of body horror where it's more of an emphasis on like a deformity of like like some type of like limb or some your face or something like that um and not necessarily body horror in a sense where it's violent um I like did not expect the violence at all and I think that type of body horror is something I personally don't typically gravitate towards and that is like also why I don't typically like slashers because I don't like seeing like that type of violence and like type of like stuff being done to like people's bodies. so yeah, like for me, like personally, this movie, of course, was like very hard to watch, but I had to keep watching because I feel like I was like, I've gone too far. I have to see this to the end. Um, <laughs> I can't stop now. <laughs> I can't stop now. Um, but yeah, like what are your thoughts on like what you imagine this movie would be and what body horror means to you? Um, so first things like uh, the first thing I kind of noticed or first thing I like thought of was like the thing i think the thing is a good body horror slash just horror forming form thing in general <laughs> um like you know what i'm saying like creature body yeah, forming creature, thing. There you go. um yeah i couldn't think of the word but um <laughs> thing, thing, so thing. i first thought of that <laughs> the thing the thing um so i first thought of that I first thought of the thing and like okay there's gonna be some sort of weird grossness to it um but then of course i also thought of like actual body body horror um, I kind of thought of the possessor. I kind of th- thought things that like where the body will be dis- 
disfigured and and beat up and kind of like Suspiria as well um the new one um I just knew I was going to have to like hold on to something or like block my eyes just because I knew that like something like that's gonna happen and and when you when you feel like categorize your film as body horror that's like permission to do whatever the fuck you want with your body at that point. Like the director can do whatever they want. They they said body horror. We're in this thing. We know what's gonna happen. She knows that, so she's gonna just like she go ham and do whatever the fuck she wanted. And so she I was like, did. okay, yeah, and she did honestly, yeah. Um, so that's where I was like with body horror. I was like, okay, I'm gonna see some things that like I'm gonna be cringy at and like be very very like apprehensive to watch. Um, but yeah, that's essentially where I got that idea of body horror i never really like thought of slasher films to have body horror unless like they're getting tortured or something like that um i just think of like the stabbing and that's about it and gunshots or whatever or some sort of gruesome way of dying but nece- not necessarily um like the in-depth idea of body horror when it comes to slashers like i don't think it ever goes that far i think the worst you'd probably see is like a bone sticking out of the leg but i never think that like slashers are categorized as body horrors i just sort of see like how the death happens and kind of move on um but yeah when i heard body horror i knew i was in for a treat i'm clapping my hands as in like <laughs> i'm trying to make a statement <laughs> um but yeah that's sort of where I, my head was at when i heard body horror essentially and also you kind of hyped it up too because you're like i'm ready to be scarred i was like okay <laughs> chill out <Carmel. laughs> okay, chill. chill out over there so i i was i was more like okay i'm gonna have to hold myself like to defend myself um and just you know be sure that like i could handle this movie and handle my stomach Okay, yeah. I mean, I was hyped, like, cause yeah, I saw I saw Suspiria and like fucking that was freaking gnarly. I think this movie was obviously like there was an emphasis and the subject matter to like torture the body and the flesh, so it was just like permeating throughout the movie. It wasn't just like one iconic scene here, like one iconic scene there. It was like literally the entire thing. So I think. That's probably what made the main difference for me. I was like, holy hell, this whole thing is like, it's like this. Um, But anyways, just moving on to like the second and third, like the second half of the movie, basically. Um, Yeah, it turns sort of turns into like this situation where she pretends to be like this missing kid from who's been missing for 10 years. She turns herself in. Um, disguises herself as this young boy but now like an adult um, man I guess and he or she essentially like goes back home with this father who had been searching for him this whole time and he truly believes that this is his son and it is like completely obvious that it's not but he's just so sad and like delusional that he literally um just accepted it he just straight up was like yeah that's my son for sure 100 percent, no dna test um and you can tell like even when he goes back to his house he turns out to be like this fire captain this fire fighter chief or something his um his like coworkers can obviously see that this is like not his son either, but this um, what is his name? I like hate that I'm just calling him this guy. Um, Vincent. Vincent. His name is Vincent. Yeah, that's his that's his acting name and also his character name. Which oh is shit! Funny. Okay. Anyways, yeah. So Vincent is introduced 
as this very sad, lonely person who has been like looking for his son this whole time, he's also like introduced to be like this very this older like man who used to be muscular, but he's like injecting steroids into his body every night and it is obviously like hurting him a lot um to the point where he just like he's he's also torturing his own body in that sense like like the body horror continues but not as bad as like the first half basically but um, yeah he's like having this like weird midlife crisis or crisis of his body and is just essentially like trying to achieve that mochismo figure that he once was and obviously like that translates to within the fire department i'm not sure if um american fire departments are like this but they're very like i'm your god i'm your sergeant i'm like your captain essentially i don't know how it is in america but like it was weird that that was kind of how it worked almost like a almost kind of like a cult essentially um but i also just want to comment on like the whole situation of it like one she's someone that like she's she's disguised as a missing child of a parent that's probably looking for them for ages one already fucked up like that's <laughs> such a crazy I mean, like so messed up of her i mean after what she did else, not surprised <laughs> no right I, of course but like the whole situation in general in is like itself, kind of really crazy yeah yeah exactly and then like it goes on and it's just like she's in a situation even a worse situation of being in this like fire department compound with this like machismo cult leader like fire department father um and that's where like i the the script was immediately flipped when i realized that or like when they showed that i was like oh my god like you might have a problem with this or you might have you might run into some issues when you're trying to escape here um good luck with that um but yeah go on no yeah i i like that you brought that up basically the movie basically flipped like the um what's it called the scale of like power so like in the beginning like the this girl is like obviously in power over like everyone else because she's like just killing everybody she's obviously like this wild card like she doesn't get caught she can escape anytime she'll just like kill you and she's completely like all powerful in this like first half and then she's suddenly put into the situation where she has no power at all she's like hiding she's afraid and she's scared and she's pregnant (laughs) and you essentially obviously go on this ride with her you like kind of change like your perspective on her as a character too you like start to actually be afraid for her despite the fact that she literally murdered like 15 people in the beginning um and it's just so fascinating how that like turn happens um and like how that tension although the tension throughout the movie stays the same the type of tension completely changes like during the second half um and then to your point about like the fire department and like yeah there was just like this hyper masculinity and like i'm sure there's some commentary there um about like you know like aging and like trying to achieve like this like peak of you know well-being in your body and then like it's like decaying but you can't help it um but he's surrounded by all of these young men um but it's also kind of erotic at the same time and there's a lot of dancing um but yeah um basically she tries to escape like for the first like she has a chance to escape 
after this guy injects himself with too much steroids or something he like ods on steroids and he like passes out and then she runs away and then i forget what happens to her outside that makes her go back to him do you remember she, she just like gets she gets on the bus and these guys are kind of like harassing this girl oh yeah, on yeah. the bus and she just kind of like looks at her they look at each other um and just like she just i don't know if she has like this realization of like how bad the world is outside or if she has this realization of like um she truly is a woman and that and the fact that like she's also on the run and being a fugitive like it's this weird connect this weird like disconnect of her um trying to figure out if she should help this woman say something or like if she just feels really uncomfortable in that moment i'm not sure if she had some sort of like realization or or something that like made her go back but she eventually goes back and maybe it's because she really has nothing else to do or nothing nowhere else to go maybe she goes back because like she somewhat has a home has someone to be with um not being lonely and then like she also probably at some extent starts to care for him just because of how much he he misses his son and um his loneliness as well you could totally tell that he's this lonely person and like is very insecure with himself and and even though he's this strong mochismo guy he's obviously has a lot of emotional issues and has a lot of problems even after his son left and stuff like that so it's like this weird like they also like it's weird that they have this like duality of the same person that they both are lonely they both have their emotional struggles and they both don't really have anyone else um so like it was interesting to see that sort of mirror in both of them and that's essentially i think why she decides to go back because she really doesn't have anything else or anywhere else to go yeah um yeah i totally forgot about the bus thing i feel like there is some type of commentary on like gender and gender presentation um in this movie because of that bus scene too like i feel like in that moment she might have realized how hard it is to be a woman outside so she kind of like goes back stays pretending to be a man because it might be easier for her to survive honestly that's at least that was my take on it um because like yeah it like clearly shows like this woman on the bus getting like sexually verbally sexually harassed um and she just like is just witnessing all this she and then she rolls her eyes and just leaves so she's like Ugh. and she also dealt with it in the beginning too um yeah i feel like she was like in that position in which like she was exposing herself and then all these people try and and make a move or like try and harass her or sexually abuse her in that way as well um but yeah like i definitely could see that there's a commentary with that as with regards of gender as regards to how men treat women or how women are treated in public essentially um yeah i could totally see where that could be um a possibility for commentary yeah and then like yeah after that she basically becomes like the son that this man all like was like searching for all these years and it becomes like this kind of sweet like relationship um all the while she's getting more and more pregnant her belly's getting bigger and the scenes where she's like trying to like wrap up her body with the tape are like so hard to watch too because she's essentially like um just squeezing this pregnant belly into her body to like try to flatten her torso and her her boobs um 
I, I couldn't think of the word breasts, so I just said <laughs> boobs. Boobs. <laughs> Not to mention, too, like, while that is happening, while she's duct taping, like, she's constantly, like, her body is deteriorating from the oil and from, like, oh that titanium God. metal yeah. that's happening within her body. She's scratching a lot, which I hate. Like, I never really, like, was, like, annoyed by scratching, but the way she was doing it and the sound it made and the face she was making made me kind of, like like cringe as well just like the sh- 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 and she's like obviously very uncomfortable and like you see her body being bruised and um bruised and just like sort of turning black um her stomach is essentially deteriorating and you see like parts of metal which is kind of cool but also kind of scary and crazy like you see metal stomach and like <laughs> you see this metal exposing it was kind of really cool honestly but and then you see like oil come out of her and like all this like black stuff she, and this, she like lactates oil <laughs> Yeah, she lactate. Yeah, <laughs> Oof, oh my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, like as she's like trying to disguise herself as a boy, it gets harder and harder because she's pregnant with a car, um, <laughs> and her body is essentially deteriorating from that. And not to mention, she she beat herself up too with like with her face and stuff like that. But it was just crazy to see all that happen, and and it was crazy to see too like how she's disguising herself with everybody and how she's trying to pass herself as this this son that this man once had. I feel like there is also some kind of commentary on pregnancy and motherhood and unwanted pregnancies Um, because she like tried to abort the kid or the car child whatever we didn't don't know what it was um, in the beginning too so there there was there's a lot packed in here Um, a lot of like visual cues for some type of like you know conversation or some type of commentary but yeah like you said throughout the, her time like um starting to care for this her pretend dad um she like has a, gets like more and more close with him um becomes like a very tender relationship but his fire team this one guy is like super suspicious of her knows She's like this serial killer because he sees a picture of her on the phone. <laughs> He's like, yo, that's not your son. And then this guy is still super delusional about it. Um, he's like so delusional about it. He like literally kills his like um, fire team person out at an actual fire. He like hands him this like, is it a gas tank? I don't know. There's like gas in it, right? And he's like, it's like a fuel to fuel or gas yeah. tank, and just kind of hands it to him. Like it's interesting because like I don't know if he did that on purpose. He totally or I don't did. Know if it, like, I don't know if that's like his mental just like just being deteriorated. Um, <laughs> he, and I'm not sure if he actually died. I remember we saw him in the crowd. I'm not sure if that was him actually there or not. I don't you know. Remember that? Like towards the end, like she's walking through the crowd of like firemen, and then you see him in the hoodie, bandaged up and like kind of beaten up. Oh. I don't know if it was still him or if he was still there. Yeah, I thought it was like um, a vision of him, but you could be right too. Because yeah. like, if he died, they didn't even have like a funeral. <laughs> they didn't even mourn exactly. him. Exactly, they just kept doing fireman <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so I think he kind of survived erotic um, dancing. Yeah, but I also have a question for you. You you sort of said like, this guy is so delusional about her, uh, her being his son that he like kills someone. Like, do you think he was delusional all the time, or do you think he sort of accepted the fact that like? she wasn't his son and just sort of kept playing with it even though he knew just because he was lonely and they're also lonely and they started to have this connection do you think that 
he was delusional all the time or do you think at some point he knew and just kind of accepted that fact i think he i think at first he was like i mean the whole time he's delusional but i think at first he really thought she was his son um and then like i think once his what's it called his coworker, his teammate started like kind of telling him like hey like i don't think that's your son i think those like moments of suspicion probably gave him like some suspicion but even after like knowing that i think after those times he i think he at that point he's choosing to believe um you know the like that that he's she's his actual son knowing it's probably not and i think that's why like even before he they had that scene in the bathroom where her like towel fell and it revealed her breasts even before that happened he was like i don't care who you are you're my son and then he hugged they hugged and then like it like confirmed it was like clearly not his son and he just like covered it up he's like yeah this is fine like give me a hug um so yeah he i yeah like i said at first i think he thought and then later on he chose to think what what do you think yeah i think he was delusional at first or maybe he actually did think it and then i think he slowly started to realize it um but i think he became delusional and just sort of like accepted it and then like throughout that time they actually had a bond and a connection so i feel like um there's a couple things to it so i think he did sort of accept the fact that excuse me i think he did accept the fact that like it wasn't his son and then just because his his type of character he's very like masculine machismo guy i think he accepted it and wouldn't wouldn't deny it for what's for whatever reason because that's sort of like the male thing of like never admitting you're wrong never admitting that like you did something terribly wrong and it's embarrassing and he, there's certain people that certain males essentially that sort of think that and never really want to prove or admit that they're wrong i think that's one one um aspect to it um and and as you were talking about it i sort of had this different aspect too of like it also may have some sort of commentary about being transgender because like say he never like just say he never doubted that it was his son he just sort of accepted the fact that like he may have transitioned into a different body or a different person essentially like it could have been that as well and just sort of accepting that like whoever you are you are my son essentially and, and having that love for his child in that in that sense um that could also be another thing um or he could just honestly just be delusional all the way through and <laughs> and he just always thought that was the son regardless of what regardless of what he looked like or regardless if it was actually him or not um yeah those three options could be totally possible delusional <laughs> to accepting um accepting of the transgender body that his son slash daughter may have or three he's just delusional all around. <laughs> um, so I, I like as you're talking about it, i sort of like realized that that could also be a commentary about transgender and being transgender and stuff like that so yeah i really like my heart is telling me that like um he was delusional but then became accepting because i think at that point he realized how lonely he was he realized that like she could help him in any type of way and he could help her in any type of way they sort of have that um that sort of relationship of helping each other helping them each other with loneliness helping each other with whatever they need um if they can do it or not 
their inabilities to be a decent human being, their inabilities to do certain things for themselves. I think it was um, an interesting relationship between the two and how they sort of fortified themselves, themselves and sort of gave them, gave each other like a better way of life. And I think that's sort of, I think where the dad was coming from, that he sort of became attached to this girl, even though he knows that it's not his son. And I think, um, a great part too that really exemplified that was the one with the mom the scene with the mom coming in hugging her and then also like I think she also had that moment of like this could be my son but then ha- quickly quickly had the <laughs> realization like that's not him like <laughs> like I don't want him because that's not my son and I think that was such a fantastic scene too of um, him like I'm not gonna let you have him and she's like I don't want him <laughs> Vincent I don't want him bro I don't want him dude he's not <laughs> that's not him <laughs> She's like that's not him and then it sort of shows and exposes herself to him to exposes herself to the mom and, and she's like wow you really got this guy fucked up like oh man like that scene was really cool too yeah. and i think that was very powerful and it for it being like a quote-unquote horror film it was this weird this weird like emotional moment for that that part emotional and angry moment for the mom and not only that but for us to like have that sinking feeling of oh shit she knows and oh shit she obviously knows because she's naked and she sees her um oh yeah i just love that scene and love that sort of idea of delusion and them sort of accepting each other what do you think what do you think about that that sort of relationship what do you think about the mom finding out in that scene what's your opinion opinion um opinion okay i don't want to offend anybody um anyways um I think to your point about like the whole transgender like commentary, I thought, I, I don't know if it was something you noticed um, at the end during the birth scene, but um, um, do you remember the scene where you think like they're about to like kiss in the bathroom, but instead um, the dad or Vincent puts shaving cream on her face and he's like, oh, I'm going to help you like, I'm gonna help you make it grow, like his his beard grow. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that part. So like after, so that scene happens, and then like, um, right at the end, like right before the birth scene, um, what's her name? The girl comes in, like you know, she's like about to like pop essentially and then she like lays her head on his stomach right after he set it on fire um and like did you notice there's like a like front shot of like her face did you notice she had stubble really yeah i did i should have said something i should have been like oh my god she has stubble but that's a small detail that you that's crazy she had stubble up here and i was like oh my god like i i I still don't know what it really means, but I just thought it was an interesting thing to kind of include towards the end, too. Um, almost like she was turning into his son, essentially, if that makes sense. I don't know. Whoa, that's brazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Oof, wow. More layers than we thought. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I guess I think all that's left is the iconic birth scene. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact events that happen, like, that lead up to it. Do you remember? I know, like, she leaves, 
or she no, no, she's got dancing yeah, i got it i got you got it, it right noggin okay so um i think the blow up happens and then they just start to party in the the garage yeah um and this is sort of where like this is, happens after she like exposes her breasts and she's like he's like he like covers her up um so they're dancing and then like um she's just kind of like doing her thing and then um they bring her up to the top of the fire truck um and she's like dancing very much very provocatively just like in the beginning very much just that's in the beginning and she's on top of this fire truck and just dancing and then like the dad comes in sort of watches her kind of disgusted kind of mad it seemed like um and even like the firemen too are kind of like what the heck is happening what is this person doing and <laughs> not i think that's sort of like yeah i think it, this sort of confirms that everyone like oh they she might be he might be a she or he might be gay or, or whatever the the realization they have but the dad comes in sees her and they leave and they all leave um and i guess it's interesting because like this is where like she feels rejected by him and he sort of has that same feeling too just like him being confused because that's when he sort of lights himself on fire i don't know if it's just his mental still but um he light like lights himself on fire weirdly enough and then um she's she's still in the garage and she resorts resorts back to having sex with metal so she has sex with the fire truck and i think it's interesting that that happened after this part because i think it's I think it symbolizes she- that sort of Gone. She like tries to have sex with it, I think, but she ends up just crying instead. Right. Yeah. It's. I think like this sort of symbolizes that sort of um, human connection that she lacks. It seems like she was trying to bond with something, but like couldn't really do it. So when she expo- like kind of exposed herself to the dad and dance and stuff like that, he was sort of rejective of that, and that's where she sort of resorts back to her mechanophilia and just tries to have sex with the fire truck, and then. Um, some time pass I think she cries and like all of a sudden she starts to groan and moan and, and starts to I starts to like crawl to somewhere we don't know where and um, she crawls over and it's revealed that she crawls over to um, the, Vincent. the apartment in which yeah where Vincent is at and then the iconic giving birth scene happens and um, I think this part was interesting too because She's on the bed and she's naked and she's about to have this baby. Vincent gets up and he's about to leave because I think he... He's like done. I don't know if his... Yeah, I don't know if his like mental got realigned or he just kind of realized like maybe this isn't my son or he doesn't see himself as regards to like caring for the stranger but then he sort of has a realization of like, well, we've had this connection. We've been together for a minute and we sort of bonded in that way and, and changes his mind and starts to help her and help her at birth and comforter and and help her go through this process and um oils everywhere and like <laughs> disgusting metals exposed and stuff like that crazy stuff happening um and then she finally gives birth and the ending happens in which the dad is like i'm here i'm here and this beautiful classical music's playing and like this and i was like fuck that's dope that's when i was like yo this is so sick <laughs> and then it ends and it, it shows this like metallic like baby the metal spine and certain parts of the body parts are metallic like whoo that part was dope i love that part <laughs> so much i love the ending um but yeah how did you feel about that part and how did you feel about that whole process in which like this movie ended in that fashion i just like love how 
we literally do not know how any scene would like will like turn out in this movie and i feel like this particular scene to me like i literally did not i like thought one thing would happen and then it didn't like they played with you know like the weird incest thing like she was like trying to kiss her dad or whatever her fake dad and then he was like kind of into it for like a second and then he was like no <laughs> and then he like choose like kind of wants to leave at that after that and then she's like obviously in pain and then he she he changes his mind um and then for a second i thought he was gonna like rape her to be completely honest like in the way like his body was like positioned weird like at first and then he like moved down to like her he first like went up to like her arms or her torso area and i was like oh god is this gonna happen and then he like moved down to her like like legs to like try and open him up open it up and he's like okay breathe and i was like oh thank god um but I feel like that might just be me as, like, a woman watching this um, with, like, that cue. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's about to happen. But No, I actually thought that, too. I was like, are you trying to have sex with her? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you trying to do something right now? I thought the same thing, too. Okay. But, yeah, like, just all of these things. I was just like, wait. And then I was like, okay. And then, wait. <laughs> and then her belly rips open. And then it's, like, this titanium belly underbelly. Um, and then pops out this half flesh, half like titanium beautiful child <laughs> and then it ends and then we finally let out a sigh of relief and then we walked out of the theater <laughs> and then we are like what the fuck did we just watch um yeah it was truly an experience like i i don't regret it at all for sure it was just like it's just such a one-of-a-kind experience and even talking about it now, I still don't really comprehend what happened. Um, <laughs> I would probably watch it again, but like skip some scenes and <laughs> just move on to like maybe just the second half. But yeah, um, yeah. What was your like kind of overall reaction to the ending or after the ending? Uh, wait, before I get to it, were you, so your reaction essentially after that was just puzzled. You're just like well what ha like you're kind of like just tripping out about it or like how did you like right after how did you feel and then the following minutes or hours how did you feel about it afterwards were you just like still kind of puzzled and confused or did you have like a, a reaction in which like you could kind of comprehend it yeah i think um initial reaction was definitely like confused and relieved but like uh, the more I thought about it I think of course like the more I like admired and appreciated like what I had just like saw and experienced I think just the the amalgamation and just the mixture of all of these different emotions and all of these different like visual things <laughs> like kind of like mess with my head and made it like feel like soup almost right after the movie because like you're seeing like like different bodies kind of like tear like tear at the seam and it's just like so much violence against like your body and it's so visceral and it attacks you mentally in a way that is like it because it wasn't like psychologic it wasn't like a psychological thriller it like was viscerally immersive to like so viscerally immersive it like attacked your brain um 
I don't know if that makes any sense, but like I've seen like psychological thrillers and they are like very like it feels different. This movie made me feel like no other movie has ever made me feel after because it was just such a different experience. Um and even trying to describe to you like what I felt is so hard because it's like something I had never experienced before. Um but yeah, like I I yeah, I'd love for you to attempt to describe what you felt after the movie. <laughs> no, I totally get that. I totally get like this weird um this weird like almost like tension and not that your brain gets into when you watch visceral and almost like it's it's the idea of seeing these visceral things and trying to connect the movie's plot themes and all that at once because like i think it's so much to process like processing body horror and these weird things that happen to this girl and also trying to process the movie in general like what the movie's trying to say you have this weird like twisting knot of in your brain of like trying to process two things at once that like are totally different and totally need like their own space to do so um it becomes this hybrid of things and i i had that same feeling too i had this like weird like uncomforting feeling of like that was really kind of gr- like kind of gross like what i watched of this process of this girl a girl's body being deterioration into like this weird metal thing and my body like my my brain was trying to process that but also trying to process this ending of like this man giving birth to this or this lady giving this giving birth to this metal baby and then the man just saying it's here i'm here and just has this weird look in his eye and then it ends and i'm just like what wait wait i'm just like hold on <laughs> like what happened to her what happened to the girl what's happening between you two what's happening like it's this weird processing feeling that i felt of like me trying to process too many things at once especially it being a visceral body horror um but having that feeling of like what did i just watch this confusing feeling even having that my other reaction along with that was that was dope <laughs> like i was yeah. like so so stoked on it i think i mentioned it already but i was so stoked on that ending i don't know if it was the ending scene or if i was just really happy about the film but i was just so stoked on it i was like that's so sick and like um you and Shay were trying to process it and talk about it. In my head, I was like, "Can I? <laughs> should I confess that I liked? <laughs> should, it? I confess? should I confess that I liked it? I don't know." So I was like, "Yo, that was actually kind of sick." And like, we just sort of talked from there. But it was that weird feeling of like being confused, not entirely sure what I watched, but still kind of satisfied. And I think um, this movie was on, yeah, a very unique experience. Um, and I think it was, to be honest, I'm gonna say it's a fantastic film. I think it's crazy to see that sort of shift in tone shift in pacing and shift in mood with this film and and seeing it evolve into this tender emotional aspect of a film from this dark scary slasher is really really crazy to see i think it's so it was done really well to the point where like i'm very very shocked that like it it accomplished the thing it accomplished which is one winning the palm door second making me feel that sort of way of like that was really weird i'm not really sure what i watched but i really really loved it and um yeah it was just this crazy ride because like i was tense the whole time i was very very nervous because i did not want her to be found out even though she's the shitty person i was very much like oh my god is she gonna know oh my god uh this really (laughs) the secret that me and you have i'll be exposed um i was very much tense the whole time and obviously that's the point of the film and very few movies have that retention of tension oh that's 
a rhyme <laughs> retention <laughs> of tension these retention of suspensefulness that leaves you on the edge of your seat the whole time and this is what this film did to me and um not to mention like along with that like tension was um cringiness of me like trying to hold my stomach in with these like very very body transforming parts and these parts in which she was like self-inflicting pain on yourself um it's all these feelings that happen within this film and, and honestly done quite well in my opinion um and yeah like i just really liked it it's weird because like when i think of something like the neon demon which is a movie that we watched that sort of had the same visualness to it if not more i wasn't i wasn't really satisfied with that one i think um it touched a lot of points in which like it commented on modeling and, and hollywood blah 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 but it never felt the same way i felt now and i think the missing like i think with this film i actually felt some sort of satisfaction i felt connected to the character i felt connected to the ending and i felt um all these things at once and even though i couldn't necessarily translate that into words i felt something <laughs> that was unique and something that um i can't describe and i couldn't describe this with any other film i i don't i can't really figure out a film that made me feel the same way and um i don't know it was just such a unique experience and even though like those feelings i had after the film were kind of like negative me being like nervous worried anxious kind of because like i don't know what's happening very like cringy because i don't know if like something bad's gonna happen even though like those aren't necessarily like negative feelings i felt really good about it and i think that's the point of this film was to feel you to make you feel that certain way and and have that reaction and the same reaction that i did i felt like so many emotions into one but still very very satisfied and so very happy about how this happened and how this like ended um but yeah, I, I'd never had like a conclusion of how I felt this movie until right now. So <laughs> I guess like, do you have anything to say about the movie? Do you have your concluding feelings or your overall feeling and how much you liked or disliked this film? Yeah, I loved witnessing this entire realization on like just live. <laughs> yeah, I, like I, unfold I a little bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I really appreciated it. Um and I, yeah, I, I love that you basically came to the conclusion that you love this movie. Um, but I also love that you compared it to Neon Demon, which like on paper kind of like does the same, it's, this movie does the same things as that movie did with like, it checks all of those like kind of like shock factor boxes with like, you know, body horror, like you know, sexual violence, another type of violence, all of those things. But the main difference is that you didn't really give a shit about anybody in Neon Demon. So when all of those things happened and then it ended, you were left feeling like you just saw horrible things for no reason. And then with this movie, you saw horrible things. You saw some weird shit, but it was somehow worth it in the end. And you felt like, very like emotional somehow and you're like what the fuck how is it possible to feel all of these things at the same time and like you said it's just insane how this movie achieved all of those things and i feel like you, we'll get into the next part question but like just yeah the sheer like what's it called fact that it seamlessly transitioned from this violent movie into an emotional deep 
impact deeply impactful movie but also still managed to stay tense throughout it's just like it's fucking insane it's like crazy <laughs> to even like think about and talk about um and i feel like the ending for me like it was like really special because it to me that baby being born and like vincent like finally like you know it felt like he finally got the son that he was looking for and i was like oh my god like oh my god and i think the fact that the baby was like half human half titanium or whatever it was like this baby was basically like embodied like the thing that vincent like he wanted to achieve with his own body it was like this unstoppable like strong like baby that like came out i don't know if that makes sense but like the synopsis i i took this straight from like the if this is the official synopsis it literally ends with a definition of titanium and i feel like it was completely purposeful but the fact that this is like this metal is obviously like it's the title of the movie it's like displayed throughout um it's very prominent and it's just like i feel like the symbolism of like this type of strength and like what the body can handle and like what like you you know what i'm talking about what the body can handle and like what people themselves can handle um and yeah it, they and like the movie itself played with like the flesh and it just stretched it stretched it stretched the audience's tension to like the breaking point and it finally like releases in the end and it gives you this like beautiful baby to this man who's like just been wanting like the sun this whole time and it was it was beautiful i i thought it was beautiful especially with the classical music yeah oh yeah i was gonna mention that right now like that beautiful scene the beautiful ending was so fantastic and that's why i was like so satisfied i was like that's fucking dope i was just like Whoa, i'm here <laughs> like it's like this glorified moment oh man what a great scene um and i guess like probably the last thing of this episode is is how why do you think a movie like this won the palm door um and i'm gonna let you start it off because i still need to sort of like figure it out myself um but yeah, why do you think this one, the Palme d'Or? I feel like we kind of answered it with our reactions, to be honest. But yeah, true. I think we did as well. <laughs> but I think I I like the fact that it won. Uh, hopefully, I think the fact that it won is because you know the critics also saw what was so unique about this movie, like and what it achieved. Um, and I I feel like that might be why like it was awarded because it was just this achievement in itself and the experience i think i don't think this movie is about one singular subject i think it was about obviously the experience of viewing it and there's a lot of things packed into it that are like things you can like rewatch and think about later and like of course we'll give meaning to each rewatch or whatever but i think overall the the experience itself of viewing this film was just so special that they like gave it this award and i i like truly believe that was why it was just like this unique singular experience we will not get ever and what it just managed to achieve 
Yeah, it's because uh, it's very unique. It's something that like I feel like I've never watched before, um, and not to like compare, compare, but just to like as regards to um, the criteria of you know winning when it like the last one was Parasite. Um, it, that was also a very unique film. It, it had this this uh, shift and pace change, this tonal shift change, and this beautiful story that like we weren't expecting whatsoever it starts off as this like regular secret housekeeping story into this tense suspenseful craziness of the the underground shelter and how that plays out into the story it's like almost the same thing with this one like it had that tonal shift it had this crazy twist in which that we did not see and we just sort of like watched and experienced and it's cool too because this is essentially like a horror slash scary film and, and as we see with like academy awards the oscars and stuff like that they don't recognize this sort of film they don't recognize um these sorts of this, this genre essentially and obviously looking at it now they definitely should especially because it's something of the horror nature it, it's something that um the horrorness of it really really expanded this this field it expanded this film in which like it was able to touch subjects that are just really really raw and to the point you can't do that without having that horror aspect um and have that sort of experience without it being called a body horror i think um and yeah it's like i don't i honestly don't know the the criteria of palm doors i've only watched this one in parasite but i'm just assuming that like that's sort of where the judges sort of felt it and yeah it's just crazy because like this movie's gonna turn a lot of people away like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like <laughs> This the, a lot of the audience is not going to finish this film or even watch it for that matter. It's just a, a unique, gross film that like really gets to a tenderness and and a lot of heart in the center of it. And yeah, like just thinking of like Academy Awards, like how a lot of those films are easy to watch, have almost no social commentary or strong social commentary for that matter. Um, they always really play it safe with those movie, movies. Um, and compared to the palm doors and compared to like something like of this film or of a parasite it's something that was just so extreme and and it's crazy that like the academy awards the oscars and other film competitions don't recognize the horror genre i think it's just so so much of a loss because there's so many people that could watch this film and handle it hopefully and also get that same takeaway that we did of this explosion of emotions but also explosions of particularly negative emotions that people feel but it was exploding in the way of like it's leading us towards this ending leading towards this satisfaction leading towards this beautiful moment in in the ending of this film um but yeah it's just like a really good film i'm (laughs) glad that we talked about this and i love that like these episodes sort of gave us a conclusion in which to how we feel how we feel about the film and almost sort of like a weird closure when we talk about it i agree um but yeah, it's like it was fun to realize that at the ending of this episode of like, I really did like this film. <laughs> like it's a fantastic film. I just like slowly realized that like I never actually had that concluding idea until now. And honestly, like it was just a really, oh, it's just really good. Like apart from like me cringing and and stuff like that, even that was like the intended purpose. But like in conclusion, I really really loved this film. Um, did deserve the Palm Door, and I hope. I don't know. I hope like somehow the awards start to recognize horror as a genre one because it's both of our favorite genres essentially, and 
it's something some movies like these that have these sort of stories that need that horror aspect to be explained i don't think or i think that the academy awards shouldn't hinder that genre to hinder that genre or hinder those stories that need to be told in this way um but yeah thank you for making it here to the end of this episode (laughs) our uh hour and plus kind of long but thank you all for listening everybody this has been our episode on titan my name is josh landicho and you can follow me on instagram at the space wolf and i'm carmel and you can follow me at catmilla o and you can follow Watch With Sound on Instagram at Watch With Sound, along listening to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, and Anchor. And if any of those apps have the option to like, comment, subscribe, or anything of that nature, that helps us out a lot. Especially on Instagram and Twitter, those mentions help us out a lot as well. And for the people that are already doing it, thank you so much. We see you guys, we appreciate you guys, and we thank you. Um, we also have a program on Anchor called Listener Supporter, which lets you subscribe at any dollar amount, only if you're able to, of course. Um, but that would help us a lot as well. But with that, thank you for listening, everybody, and keep on watching for metal baby. Ka-chow. Question mark. I'm just a poor wayfaring stranger.